welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing, where each week we consider life-changing and thought-provoking topics that is geared at bringing you healing wherever you find yourself in this journey of life. Friends, today we have a big one. We are talking about choosing a life partner. This, friends, as we had mentioned earlier on, is part of our series of conversations on marriage why it's so important that we honor and respect the institution of marriage that God made for us. So it's even more important that you consider before you choose your partner, some of these things that we'll be discussing today. Today, joining us once again, friends, we are fortunate to have Dr. Ron Woodhart uh, back with us today. If you have been following us, you are very well aware that Dr. Ron Woodard is a co-author of Keeping the Stars Aligned, a book on marriage or Keeping the Spark in Marriage that he co-authored with his wife. He is also an educator, a mentor, passionate about educating and training the younger generation. But most importantly, he is a child of God and loves God with all his uh, heart. Friends, it will be a pleasure for us to be able to have a conversation with Dr. Uh, Woodhart today. So, Ron, thank you so much for joining us uh, once again on Hour of Healing. Hey, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, Joe. Always glad to be here. Wonderful. Wonderful. So today we're talking about choosing a life partner. You know, um, if you are around young people a lot, you will certainly get to a point where you are asked this question or somebody says it to you. In my experience, I remember a few years ago when I served as the youth leader for my church, and then one of the um, youth members said to me that he is waiting for God to bring him his life partner. Well, mm -hmm. my answer would probably surprise you, Ron. What I said to him is, God will never do that. And he said, why? I said, well, if God handpicks somebody for you and you get married and something goes wrong, you will say God was wrong. And mm -hmm. so I don't think God will ever bring you a handpicked life partner. He will help <laughs> you and direct you to find the right partner whom you will have to work together with to find the purpose of God for that marriage or that institution. But for him to handpick for you, I don't think he would do that. Now, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. But you are the one who has authored a book on marriage. So you get to tell us about this today. <laughs> but I think that uh, choosing a life partner, in all seriousness, is a very significant decision. Uh, mm -hmm. So much so that your future happiness, uh, your future well-being, your, your future um, value is really tied into the person that you decide to spend the rest of your life with. Mm -hmm. And so today, um, I believe that uh, by the grace of God, we'll be able to dive into this conversation and then see where we go from there. So Ron, first things first, where do we get started? <laughs> So, hey, uh, first things first, uh, choosing a life partner is a very serious decision. Like you said, Joe, it's, it's something that's not to be taken lightly. Um, you know, if I had any advice on choosing a life partner, number one is uh, I think praying about it. 
right? First, first you want to pray. And, and what I did, man, was I actually prayed for a series of characteristics. I told mm. God, I told God exactly what I wanted in a woman. And, and then it was my job to find the Bible says that he that findeth a wife mm. finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. So you have to find a wife. So I prayed about the person that I wanted. And then, you know, next thing was to start seeking God's answer to that blessing. So for me, it took maybe about a year. Mm. But, you know, before you find the person that is perfect for you, you also have to learn to A, love yourself, right? And be comfortable with yourself in your single state. You mm. know, sometimes people want to be in a relationship just because they're lonely. So you mm. have to learn first while you're single to just really enjoy being around yourself, being by yourself. I tell you, Joe, I actually started to learn to love me more. Uh, I mm. spent more time with my self-care. Uh, I made sure that I was working out, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, it was nice to be able to go to a movie by myself if I wanted to go or just do whatever I wanted to do, you know, without having the uh, responsibility of having to also include someone else. However, you do mature to a point where you do want to spend the rest of your life with someone. And it's mm. best to pray about it so that God can make you ready for that move. So it's a two-part process. One, God making you mature enough to be able to be someone's life partner. And then two, uh, identifying the right life partner for you. Yeah, thank you so much, Ron. And I, I, it's actually very interesting that you mentioned that um, because I really think that this, uh, like you said, has to be a twofold decision. Mm -hmm. um, or a two-part decision because um, it's one dealing with yourself, like you said, you got to a place where you learn to love yourself more. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes uh, that is a place that we um, falter, especially the younger generation, that we don't really know what we want, but yet we want to find a life partner. Now, if you don't really know what you want because you haven't taking the time, like you said, to learn yourself or to know yourself, how do you even know what you are looking for in a partner? And mm -hmm. so I think it's very, very important um, that uh, you mentioned that. And I think you just actually emphasized my uh, statement to my youth member years ago that um, you said he that findeth the a wife, uh, mm -hmm. which is in the book of Proverbs. And, but if you have to find something, that means it depends on you to actually look for it. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes in uh, hand with God not handpicking someone and bringing them to you. Right? Yeah. So um, the uh, second question that I have for you um, then is uh, you did mention that uh, you prayed uh, some specific characters um, or characteristics that you wanted in a life partner and then started seeking for the answers to that in your partner. So are looks everything? Is it all about looks or there is more to it? Can you help us on that? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, for sure, you want to be attracted to the person, right? Uh, you know, you, you, you obviously want to be attracted and you want that person to be attracted to you because, again, mm -hmm. this is about being together for the rest of your lives. Um, uh, that, that's a part of it. So attraction is a part of it. So, you know, in my prayer, I definitely, you know, uh, asked for someone that was attractive and certain features and characteristics. But, it, you know, the characteristics were things like, uh, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, someone that would mm. love her husband, someone who was patient, someone who was kind, uh, 
Mm. Uh, you know, God send me a woman who is intelligent, you know, has good conversation, you know, uh, someone who will be loyal, you know, a loyal woman, mm. you know. Mm. Um, I'm telling you, God answer those characteristics to a T uh, with my wife. Wow. I feel very blessed. Very, very blessed. But Joe, I'm going to tell you a little story, man. Uh, this is real talk. Um, mm. This is real talk for our audience. Uh, prior to meeting my wife, you know, uh, I was not living the right lifestyle. Mm. Uh, I, wa- I was a Christian. I was saved, but, uh, you know, I was, you know, in clubs, you know, mm. bars, club kind of atmosphere, um, you know, meet people, mm. you know, uh, you, you know, the deal, you know, right. <laughs> you know, the deal with single men. So, you know, mm. you meet somebody and then, you know, it's a one night situation. And then after that, you know, there's nothing. And, uh, I felt, I felt bad about that. I felt pretty guilty about that. Mm. I knew that's not what God wanted for me. And uh, one night, you know, after a situation like that, uh, I was just broken. It just broke mm. me. The mm. Holy Spirit convicted me that this is not right. And I said, I'm going to give this up. I said, God, if you let me find a wife, I will give up this lifestyle. And I did. I went celibate for a year. And after being mm. celibate for a year, um, I met my wife. And wow. I told her when I met her, I said, look, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm trying to find a wife. I'm completely celibate. I don't have sex. She said she knew that night I was going to be her husband because she had not ever had a man that, you know, uh, knew what he wanted and that was willing to walk, walk the right path with her mm. to, walk, to walk a godly path. And so uh, but it was it was a big it was a big uh, decision, man. And, and you know, it's, it was it was difficult, you know. Uh, Absolutely. To, 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 to give that up as a single man, you know, a single man in his 20s, you know, not being sexually active and not no longer going to clubs and bars. But uh, that's where I learned to love myself, Joe. Uh, mm. You know, mm. I, I think when we love ourselves, uh, I, I think in my previous relationship, previous serious relationship, I love that person more than I love me. Mm. And when, when that relationship ended, I was crushed. So now... When you when you take some time just to love you and value yourself more than the other person, uh, you understand what you bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know you know what you bring. But the celibacy piece, uh, I would recommend the celibacy piece for any couple that are, are considering marriage. Uh, it has benefits that I can't even begin to explain. Uh, mm. But I, I'll talk about those benefits of celibacy later. Absolutely. We will certainly uh, touch base on celibacy um, before this conversation ends. But uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us. And um, I, I really do appreciate that um, because I've met you personally. Uh, we've had interactions and you are a great person to know. So for you to um, uh, be uh, at this upfront with my audience, I really do appreciate that. And I want oh, you yeah. to know that. So um uh, before we uh, get uh, a, a bit more into the celibacy piece uh, a, a bit later, you had talked about some uh, characteristics about some behavior um, mm-hmm. that uh, you wanted to see in the person who will be your partner. Mm-hmm. Now, how do um, we go about being able to identify these behaviors or these characteristics in uh, the partner that we are seeking? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as you go, as you date, you know, through your dating and through your courtship, you begin to uh, notice different things that you're looking for. You know, uh, I mean, right away on the first date, you'll you'll know whether or not this person is for you or not, Um, Mm -hmm. just based on the conversation. Right. 
and, and based on whether or not you laugh together, laughter is a huge part of this, right? You know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a good marriage, you know, both of you, you laugh a lot and, and, and you're lighthearted and, you know, life can be stressful as is, but to be able to laugh. Absolutely. So if, if you're on a date, man, and y'all can get along, there's a good vibe between two people. You can laugh, have a good time. Then that means there's chemistry there. You know, number mm-hmm. two, you look for things in common. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do you have the same interests, same kind of goals? You know, are your are your family backgrounds similar? You know, what what com- what, what commonalities, you know, do you have or share? You know, maybe it's common hobbies, common passions, common career goals. You know, those kind of things come up, you know, through the dating phase. And then you start getting an idea if this person has the kind of uh, uh, characteristics you're looking for. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, my wife and I both are educators. So we both mm-hmm. like to talk. We like to share interesting stories and we like some of the same things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if you're more of an introverted, quiet person, you know, you may not be as attracted to a person who is more outgoing uh extroverted you know kind of loud personality so mm-hmm. but then sometimes opposites can attract too so i mean just it just depends correct but those those correct. characteristics will start to you'll see the things that you're looking for through uh mostly through conversation so mm-hmm. and, and, and i, I want to touch on that for a minute um the relationship what i learned through my celibacy was that the relationship has to be built on a foundation of something more than the physical the sex mm. I think Correct. that's where in modern society, this is where we get it wrong, you know, um, especially for our young sisters and our young brothers, you know, mm-hmm. brother, sister, they meet in the club, you know, and they're dancing, you know, and there's some gyrating and that's, you know, all that vibe, <laughs> you know, and, and if the, and then, you know, you try to build a relationship on sex, it doesn't work. But when it's built on conversation, it's built on trust, it's built on, built on great communication uh, and it's built on the foundation of God, most importantly then you got mm. something that you can you can work with. In most instances, you know, uh, when, when, when sex is the foundation, it just, it doesn't work. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm very uh, happy you brought that up because that was going to actually be my uh, follow-up question to you because um, we have established on this show that marriage is an institution that was ordained by God. And it's for a good purpose because everything God made was good. And I believe mm-hmm. on our first section, we actually touch base a little bit on this. Um, but uh, what happens if you take the foundation of the marriage away is what we tend to see in our society today. So thank you so much for bringing that up. Because if God is the one who ordained it, then he has to be the foundation of it. And so if you take him out and build it on other foundations, such as um, sexual attraction or looks alone, or even uh, just career aspirations, I think then we run into uh, troubles there. But I will ask you this question, um, how much of a role should uh, religious uh, similarities um, uh, play in uh, choosing a life partner? Um, And I ask you this question because um, I I was born in Ghana, and so in West Africa, we do have uh, in Ghana, quite a significant um, part of the country being Muslim and uh, uh, the predominant religion being Christian. Mm -hmm. And then most of the time you will run into these uh, young Christians who would cross marry, let's say, a Muslim or um, some other religion with the hope of winning them 
into Christianity. So how would you, um, uh, how, what do you have to share with us concerning this as well? So, uh, you know, the, the, the Bible talks about not being unequally yoked, hmm. right? So, uh, you know, I'll say this, I'm just going to keep it 100 with the audience, man. Look, you know, if, Absolutely. If, if, if you get in a situation where you're in different religions, the marriage can work, the love can be real, but the, the real implication that you put on the, and both of you guys can go to your equal separate ways on Sunday morning, right? You know, one person goes to the mosque, one person goes to the church that works until you have kids. When you start mm. to bring, when you bring kids into the equation, which at some point you will, uh, you know, when you have kids, now the kids are confused. Do I go with mommy or do I go with daddy? Mm. But now you're in the house divided, right? It's cool when it's just the two of you because you can go equal ways and come back and love each other. Mm -hmm. But when you bring kids into the equation, now you got, you know, I want to go to church with dad and he's Christian. Well, I want to go to church with mom. She's Muslim. So now you have the kids divided. And now mm. the Bible says a house divided cannot stand. Uh, mm. There will be more uh, division in your house over religion than it, than it should be. And actually, it could start to tear up the marriage and really create a real uh, rift in the marriage. So it's probably best through that courtship phase, that dating phase, that two people kind of have the same idea about religion, uh, mm. you know, Christianity or whatever. It just it just it just makes things a little bit easier. I'm not saying it can't work. I'm not saying that if you're in that situation now that you just get rid of the person. I, I, I'm just saying that. Uh, it could create some hardships later that your kids will pay for, right? Mm. You know, mm. our kids pay the price for the decisions that we made, and that's real talk. So it, it's the kids that will suffer, you know. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for that. Um, now, the uh, follow-up question for you, Ron, then is um, how do we approach expectations when we are choosing a life partner? Um, because most of us do have a lot of expectations of ourselves and who we want our partners to be. So how do we approach that when we are um, making this all important decision? Mm. Man, uh, man, this comes back to uh, conversation again mm. in that, in that dating phase and that, in that conversation phase, you know, these kind of things come up Do you know, our two people wanting the same thing. You know, in the book, you know, in the book, Keeping the Stars Aligned, that I had a chance to write, uh, I, I mentioned how careers can kill a marriage. Mm. You know, people's ambitions can kill a marriage. You know, uh, let's say the wife just got a new job offer and the job offer is in New York, but y'all live in Texas. But the husband has a good job in Texas. Now someone has to make the decision, do we move or do we stay? And then if you stay, the wife is going to be unhappy. If you move, the husband may be unhappy or may not make as much money in New York. These are real scenarios that couples face every day. Uh, and so it's best, man, to just, you know, you talk about expectations, you know, make sure that mm. you kind of want the same things uh, that someone's willing to sacrifice. For example, we moved to Missouri from Tennessee and my wife was willing to move here with me, man. You know, she's able to find a job and she moved, you know, uh, I may have to make a sacrifice and move the next time an opportunity comes for her. But, mm. you know, those are kind of expectations that have to be talked about. Then I think we have to talk about just uh, family dynamics, you know, how what your expectations are, raising the kids, mm -hmm. uh, conversations about family, how you deal mm -hmm. with each other's families, mm -hmm. keeping your families uh, out of your business. You know, that's real talk for the audience, man. Keep your mm -hmm. parents and keep your brother and sister and people out of your marriage. 
that marriage is between you, your spouse, and God only. You know, mm-hmm. So uh, that can get real messy. But yeah, the expectations piece just really comes down to uh, having a lot of conversation. And that's the beauty of that dating piece. Because again, you know, when sex is in that equation, man, it just makes everything feel like it's okay. But then really there are underlying issues that you ignore because everything feels good. But when the mm-hmm. platform is built on trust, communication, uh, and the Holy Spirit up front, man, it, it's it's crazy. By the time I married my wife after three years, it felt like I had known her for 15. You know what I'm saying? It was just, there's a different level of uh, intimacy that occurs that is not necessarily uh, sexual. I I think when we think intimacy, we think sexually, right? We say intimacy, intimacy is not really intimacy, is a deeper conversation that touches the soul. Wow. Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I mean, I uh, personally, uh, and I think you kind of alluded to this. um, And for our audience, um, the book uh, that uh, Ron and his wife, uh, Cicely uh, Woodhead, uh, did co-author Keeping the the Stars Aligned is available on Amazon. And so you will be able to get your copy there. Um, I do strongly recommend that for you. It's not too heavy. So if you are not even a great reader like myself, you can still get through it in uh, one or two settings. So certainly uh, look that up, purchase that, uh, support Ron's ministry. But most importantly, um, I believe this book will help you know some of the things that you will be able to do to keep um, the spark uh, in your marriage. Uh, He does talk about some interesting things in there. And I think last time you were sharing just buying flowers for your spouse out of nowhere um, uh, when we had met on this podcast. Uh, but uh, I uh, talking about a, a dating process, I think sometimes the problem that uh, run our generation or the younger generation run into is I feel as though when uh, the more I speak with uh, people, especially younger people uh, who are getting into marriage, the more I feel as though there is a rush to get married, like there is some pressure. Now, I'm not entirely sure why that is, but what are some of the things that you think may uh, cause us to think that uh, there is an urgency to getting married and so sometimes we tend to cut the dating period sh- uh, short and sometimes we don't even go through that period at all mm. yeah man you know I, I, I think our society has um, our society has corrupted the view of marriage right mm. uh, you know some of these you know TV shows and things like that that you see some of these reality shows uh, create a fantasy around marriage like it's the thing to do yet Mm. you know it doesn't take long before these people start having arguments and problems and then they're ready to get a divorce Mm. you know the bible says that what god have joined together let no man uh put asunder right Mm. so that marriage is for the long haul it's an institution and uh it's designed for two people to stick out the tough times together and so but man we have glamorized marriage so much in this country that it's, it's the cute thing to do Right. Mm. I like this person. Oh, we're going to we're getting married. Look at my ring. They want to show their finger. Look at my ring. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's become it's become cute. But then when it gets tough, they think it's cool to get out of it. <laughs> mm. You know, mm. uh, so Not true talk. That's that's really what I see, man, is that society has created uh, glamorous, uh, something glamorous. You know, people talk about and man, they spend more time talking about uh, uh, 
what kind of wedding they want, the dream wedding, the location, the flowers, the dresses, the, the wedding party, the bachelor party. Then they mm. do really thinking about it's the marriage, dude. The wedding is just celebrating what is the institution of the marriage. Correct. Like everyone, you know, TV has kind of created that vibe, man. But it, it is something to be taken uh, extremely seriously mm. for, for, mm. for real, you know. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, th this uh, this is uh, a very um, real conversation here because uh, this is a very a big thing uh, when it comes to choosing your life partner, as we have um, echoed over and over again. Now, uh, there is also some component of fear that, uh, based on my conversations with uh, younger people, I have encountered um, in in that sometimes uh the one of the partners is afraid of losing the other partner and so they want to get married quicker now what are some dangers that we will probably face if um, we go this route where we let fear um, kind of push us into marriage so it ties in into being in a rush um, but i just wanted to ask that and then after that we will um, talk about the celibacy piece a bit more yeah 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 I think I think rushing into a marriage is a huge mistake. Uh, I, I think um, I think when you rush into it, you, you're missing um, you're missing one critical piece, and that is the foundation of trust and the foundation of communication, because you hadn't had them time to uh, to communicate. And mm -hmm. some of that communication is how the two of you work out your differences. You know, mm. when you're dating for a while, you learn each other's style, you learn each other's temperament. You know, I know my wife's attitude. I know what pisses her off. You know, I know what makes her happy. You know, you don't want to get into a marriage and be learning those things in the marriage, you know, because, again, um, you know, like I talk about in the book, man, it, you know, it creates just relational imbalance, man. You know, mm. things are out of whack. You know, um, one person may be miserable. The other person is happy or one's miserable. So that's the key there, man, for real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so um, uh, back on the uh, fear factor again, because sometimes when you talk to um, uh, uh, couples or people who are dating, uh, one of the main reasons why celibacy becomes uh, an issue is that uh, you will hear the um, uh, lady tell you that, oh, um, if I don't give it up, um, he may leave, uh, mm. and vice versa. So, um, what do you have for us as far as uh, this dilemma is also concerned? Mm. Oh boy, you're getting spicy now. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, I, I, there's a saying where I'm from. I'm from Tennessee, baby. They say, "Let's get to the chicken." So, <laughs> you know, let's get to the chicken now. Real talk. So, so yeah, you know, for for, for ladies, um, you know, for all our ladies listening out there tonight. Uh, don't conform to modern society with with the thinking that you have to give up uh, the cookies, as we say. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if I'm a man, why should I buy the cow when the milk is free? Mm. Come on now, if I'm getting free milk, <laughs> why am I going to buy the cow? In other words, ladies, <laughs> if if I'm having sex with you and then without commitment, then why should I commit to you and put a ring on it if you're giving me uh, the pleasure mm. that I want? Okay. In addition to that, if I'm getting pleasure from you, when I decide that I'm no longer interested in you, I can hold on to you for your value, but then I also decide to play the field as well. So that's the kind wow. of stuff that I think when you get into uh, early sexual relationships, you've opened a Pandora's box 
uh, for, for uh, problems to arise, man. Because again, you, you, you're building a relationship on a weak, shaky foundation. Sisters, do not feel pressure to have to have sex. If that man really desires you and wants you, you know, he needs to be willing to walk with you uh, through your celibacy walk to see if this is going to be real. There's nothing wrong with obeying what God said. Okay, we all knew we all grew up with morals and values. And again, I'm, I'm not coming to you, you know, saying I'm perfect, you know, because the Lord Absolutely knows, not. Lord knows my background was not the, uh, the the best when it came to that area. But one day I came to my senses and decided just to cut it out because it was unholy and I felt convicted about it. So if you've been in a situation, ladies, where you've been dating guys and typically you're having sex in two to three months, you know, I think the Steve Harvey rule was 90 days before sex or whatever. Uh, mm. if you you know you know you find you a winner when you find a guy that's willing to walk with you the way that God commanded. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Correct. And then the Bible says that disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. Okay. Mm. Mm. Come on mm. now, I'm talking good, friends. <laughs> he said obedience <laughs> is better than sacrifice. He said disobedience is as mm -hmm. the sin of witchcraft. So God is serious about obeying him, right? Absolutely. We got to be obedient. And, and let me just tell y'all why we should do this. Real talk, man. I just want to bless y'all tonight. Um, there's some real benefits from obeying God that we, we take for granted. Uh, mm. Number one, the Bible said he defines a wife, finds a good thing, obtains favor. Um, had I been sexually active ahead of time with my wife, I probably would have lost interest and then I would not know how to treasure the jewel that she is, right? Mm. I would have spoiled that blessing because I'm bringing in my old baggage into mm -hmm. what is pure, right? Mm -hmm. So now we got a marriage, you'd have a marriage that's corrupted. Number two though, the favor of the Lord. When, when you're obedient, God pours out favor on you that you won't believe. Uh, I remember getting married and then a couple of months later uh, receiving a promotion that doubled my salary, right? Mm. My wow. salary doubled. You know, I went from making thirty four thousand to sixty eight thousand, just like wow. that, just like that, in a snap. And I knew that it was because I had been obedient to God, and then He was beginning to pay me back mm. for being obedient to Him. Mm. And then I received, you know, several promotions just throughout my career, maybe at least four promotions throughout my career. So as long as I was obedient to God and staying in His will and doing what I was supposed to do, man, my career began to prosper. I was wow. able to start getting out of debt. You know, wow. God blessed me with two incredible children. They're not perfect, man, but just really good kids, man. Like, mm. you know, they're just mm. good boys, man. You know, they're, they're, they're young men. They boys are going to be boys. They're not perfect. And they do stuff. But I mean, I could not have asked for two more amazing young men, young kings to raise. <laughs> and again, those kids came from the offspring of a marriage that started with God's you know, hand on it. You know what I'm saying? So mm, like, absolutely. That, that, that's priceless, man. You know, uh, man, we've never missed a meal. You know, we've had some hard times financially, but the Bible says that, uh, 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 he's never, I never seen a righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Back for bread. So, so in a, in, in the relationship that we had dedicated to God, you know, we don't argue much, you know, if me and my wife, I mean, I can't tell you the last time we raised our voices at each other. I mean, it's, I mean, not that we always agree, but man, we're, we're so calm, cool, collected when we have a disagreement mm -hmm. because you just, you're just on a different vibe. You know each other so well. And it started with that Absolutely. trust and communication that we built 22 years ago, man, before sex was even in the picture. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, it's, it's really deep. I, I can't say enough about the benefits of being obedient to God. If you really want a marriage that you want God to bless, then you have to, uh, 
uh, decide that you're going to uh, uh, give it to him. Put God in your marriage. Now, let's say right now for you viewers, people who are listening, maybe you're engaged right now, right? And you will get mm-hmm. married six months from now. Here's my advice. Take the next six months and dedicate your marriage to God. And for the wow. next six wow. months, decide that you're going to cut out the sex and then just get to see and, and learn each other and then just grow uh, for, from six months of obedience. And you watch what God does to honor you for being obedient to him for six months. It's going to be crazy. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's the, that's the key. Obedience is, is better than sacrifice. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Ron. And uh, I mean, I have no doubt that uh, our spirits have been connected on this conversation because uh, you've answered the questions right out of my mind. Uh, mm. I, I am I am I am so um, excited about um, this. Now, um, before we end our section today, as usual, um, I want to open the uh, platform to you uh, to kind of share with our audience, um, any uh, final words or thoughts that you may have on this huge uh, topic of choosing a life partner? Yeah, thank you so much, Joe. Once again, Joe, man, it's a it's a pleasure, man. You are my brother. Uh, so so honored, man, to get to know you and, and excited about what you're doing. Uh, much love to you and your family, man. We're going to definitely thank stay you. connected. Uh, final words will be just... Um, it, Every day I'm thankful for um, just just one getting to live. God waking me up another day, but really just getting to spend life with an amazing person mm-hmm. and uh, just sharing the beautiful children that we have. You know, my kids are 17 and one's 14, and so want to be leaving the house soon. But just it's just so much fun to share uh, your life with someone uh, and, and your children in a spiritual way, especially when you're trying to do it God's way. So my best advice is just. You know, folks, uh, give God a shot. Try God's way. Give God a shot and and see what he will do to honor you. Um, Because I'm telling you, you you cannot beat God's blessing. And having him, just inviting him into your marriage, inviting him into your situation, um, he will take your situation and then put a better spin on it than you ever could. So that's just my advice, man. Invite God into your situation and be obedient. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, um, as we were talking, uh, I remember a story that I uh, personally um, heard. uh, I was much younger. I think I was in my early teens when I heard this story, but it has stuck with me. So there was this um, high court judge uh, in Ghana who was having a conversation um, with a couple who were in the court about a divorce. um, And uh, his parting words to them, uh, he was telling both the man and the uh, wife that um, he went to school for so many years to become a judge. And on his bench, he had this uh, thick book, um, very thick. And he picked up the book and he said, you see, all these I had to read just to become a judge. And in five years, I'm going to retire. Now, to be married is lifelong. But there is no specific book that tells me everything that I ought to know about what I need to do to be able to spend the rest of my life with this person who is my partner. And so what he said to this couple who was in his court uh, seeking a divorce was that if you think that you need this much of a book for something that you will one day retire from, how much training do you think you need in order 
uh, for you to do well as something you cannot retire from. And that is what I want to part ways with our audience with uh, on, that marriage is lifelong. Uh, don't let the mistakes of the people who have gone before you, I always say to my friends, don't let our mistakes when we got married be the mistakes that you make. Learn mm. from the mistakes that we did, learn from the errors or the missteps that we took, and then make a better one for yourself and for your generation. Friends, I can't thank uh, Dr. Woodhart enough. Uh, this is how his book uh, looks like. It does. Uh, it is a black color and there are two couples sitting there. It says keeping the stars aligned, a Christian couple's guideline to raising more morale in relationships. Again, it's available on Amazon. So grab your copy. It's not too expensive. And as I said, it's not too voluminous as well. God bless you so much for listening to us today. We do hope that our section today uh, does bring healing to you. And for our listeners who have been married maybe for years, this, these are things that you can talk to the younger generation and your loved ones about as they are about to make those um, uh, a journey uh, for themselves. And for you who is married and having troubles in the marriage, grab a copy of that book. It will be able to help you out. God bless you so much for tuning in today. We look forward to seeing you same time next week. And again, this was Hour of Healing. God bless you. Bye-bye.